Hey, everybody, welcome back to our show, Pop Culture To Do. Um, this is the podcast where we give each other a to do list of things to check out be it TV shows, movies, books, music, anything uh, within the realm of arts and entertainment. And uh, I actually forgot to mention that last episode, but this episode, we are going to be discussing the horror film Lake Mungo, a movie which I am very hesitant yet excited to talk about. Norton, if you'd like to take it away. Yes, I'm here too. Hello. Okay, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) All right, uh, before we get into the movie, is there anything else you wanted to get into before? Yes, uh, also, sorry about that. Yes, there was, uh, before we dive into our movies, we usually like to touch upon any sort of entertainment news. And the news that I have that I found in an Instagram post was that David Fincher is teaming up with Michael Fassbender and the writer of Seven to do a assassin drama movie or TV series. I don't know, that wasn't clear, but that's the project. And I'm so excited for that. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. David Fincher, Fassbender, and the writer of Seven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> Fassbender and Fincher haven't worked together before, have they? I don't think so, man. I don't think so. Yeah, no. Definitely not. But, I mean, worth seeing. Yeah. The closest I think Fassbender has gotten to that type of project was working with Aaron Sorkin. So, mm-hmm. you know. But, yeah, I, I think I'd love to see Fassbender in a, a Fincher project, especially... If it's going to be something, I I don't know if it's going to be dark because I'm just saying that because Seven is incredibly dark. But even then, an assassin drama with Fassbender under the helm of Fincher. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm I'm down for that. That sounds promising. Yeah. Is it based on anything? Do they mention any of that? No, they didn't mention any of that. It's just, it's you could tell it's something super, like, still very new and under wraps. So I I would assume they didn't want to divulge too much information, except Mm -hmm. for those three components. Yeah. And also, like, we don't even know if this is going to happen. How many David Fincher movies have we gotten excited for over the years and then not happen? Too many. Mindhunter season three. (laughs) Any case. (laughs) So that's my tidbit of news. I do remember you mentioning that you also had something to to mention. Yeah, it's not so much news. I just wanted to get your thoughts on this a little because pretty much every day now or every other day trending on Twitter is Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just wanted, you know, your opinions on Wax. What do you think about the fact that, you know, several years after that movie was made and came out, that he's now not just recutting, but doing all new CGI. He shot more scenes for it, using all the stuff that he wanted to use, but then got cut out originally. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so like basically like what's my opinion on the whole, uh, the whole like matter? Yeah. Um, Even though I'm not, I don't know, like I'm not really big into much of the superhero stuff. And I, I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but I do think, I mean, because given the circumstances that Zack Snyder had to go through, you know, concerning his daughter, I understand why he had to, you know, pull out of the project. So it's really cool that he's kind of being given this second chance to finally make this this uh, Goliath his own, you know? Especially the fact that now it's not even a movie. It's I think it's going to be a miniseries. That's what uh, I, I... No, uh, it's a four-hour movie. It's a four-hour movie. Yeah. Okay. Because, <laughs> like, all what? the stuff that they were thinking of cutting out, he's leaving in. 
like I said, they shot new stuff for it as well. Oh, okay. So it's a four-hour movie. <sighs> Look, Snyder Cut fans, you asked for it, you're getting it. That's all I could say. And you're getting it in a huge supply. Uh, look, it's cool, right? It's not going to even, it's, it's not like it's even going to be in theaters. It's going to be like on HBO Max, I think. So yeah. it's kind of like you watch it at your own pace, you know? So I, I think that's, I think it's cool that he's getting a second chance. But given the circumstances, I think it's it's cool that he was able to kind of rise out of these ashes and, and finally get his hands back on this project that he's clearly, you know, very passionate about. Is it good in every single situation where the fans kind of backlash and sort of steer, you know, the ship? I don't think that's very safe. I think it's, it's only good in certain circumstances, mm -hmm. um, given this and I guess Sonic, but we're talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah well, that, that is i mean look that is I, something yeah because with uh with everything that's happened you know it, it is great that he's getting to come back and complete his vision because like him or not you know Zack snyder is what you know you call a visionary or an auteur although film fans get real up in arms about the idea of calling him that because he makes mainstream media films but he is by every stretch you know he has a very precise vision and style to his work yeah you know that's what he is but, you know, it's given a lot of power to, or the seemingness of power to the audience, because they're now not just campaigning, you know, release the Snyder Cut, because that's happening, but now it's restore the Snyderverse, where they want him to start making sequels. They want just more of his movies like this. But he has said, you know, not that he wouldn't do it, but he no longer has a good working relationship with the studio. They wanted to just put out the unfinished movie before the CGI was done. They're like, yeah, this is good enough. People will watch it. You know, they didn't even pay Zack Snyder to do this. He was just doing it because it's his passion project in a lot yeah, of ways. Yeah. And I just think that it's giving people the wrong message of well if we're loud and obnoxious enough and if we never let anything go we'll get what we want yeah that's that's what i'm kind of afraid of too like there are certain fan bases who i i do believe like if we make enough noise you know we're, we're gonna obviously get heard and I, i'm i'm i know that's the case for like certain star wars like the movies for example i know that was a case and i don't i don't think there has to be some sort of cutoff, you know? Like, I understand, again, like I keep saying, I understand the circumstances with Zack Snyder and his vision for this, but you can't do that. You can't let the audience always run the show, you know? Yeah. You can't give them always what they want. It, the people, we don't know what we want, you know? Yeah. That's why it gets very problematic. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like that's my take on it. Great for him. I'm happy he's... And it's funny because you and I discussed this uh, obviously weeks or months prior to the show that this is a great, I feel like this is going to be a great healing and coping mechanism. Yeah, for sure. Him, you yeah, know? it's a big thing for him because, you know, he was going to do the reshoots himself. He was going to do all that, but then his daughter. And like, you can't, like, that is a tragedy. And then to see, like, there was an interview he did mm -hmm. recently where, you know, because his wife produces his films and produces a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. She saw a screening of Justice League before it came out, and she told him to never watch it because oh. she knew that it was like, you know, as it is, he was in a bad position because of what happened to their daughter. And then to just see the destruction of art that he made. Yeah. And he never watched it. He never watched that version. And he's just 
waited and gotten his opportunity and is now making his art again. And I think that's True. great. I think it in is this great. one situation. Yes, exactly. But you're talking about the Joss Whedon, never watched the Joss Whedon complete uh, project. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's funny you bring that up. And I, again, this podcast is not about gossip or anything like that, but I, I did read something on Instagram that uh, Joss Whedon was kind of getting a lot of heat because oh, he's, yeah, very, no, he's a bad dude. Uh, yeah. Well, anyway, I don't want to. I don't. I, we'll talk about that in our own time. Yeah, but, yeah for sure. Uh, geez, also, like that... this has been a very heavy opening to the show. So, uh, you know, piss, fart, yeah. poop. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, there we go. We're back on track. <laughs> As we talk we about a psychological a horror film. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, okay. So that out of the way. <laughs> jeez. And now back into the dark hole of depression. Do you want to, before giving your thoughts, do you want to tell us what the movie's about? Uh, yeah. So in broad strokes, now Lake Mungo, which came out in, I think, 2008. It's a yeah. movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, an Australian <laughs> psychological horror film. Although to call it horror is a bit of a stretch, in my opinion. But that's something yeah. we'll get into. And it's about a family who the daughter, the 16-year-old daughter, drowns. And basically, it's a, a documentary-style film chronicling them dealing with it and these supernatural elements that surround the events. And it was a, it was a very good movie, a very well-made movie. I did not like it. <laughs> you didn't? Ah. Uh. No. Like, I can see how it's good. I can see why people like it. I can see how I could like it. <laughs> but it took me two tries to finish it. Ooh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I feel bad because I wanted to come in liking this because this is a movie you've been talking up for a while. You're like, oh, I really enjoy this movie. I'd love to get your thoughts on it. This yeah. and that. And like, I was watching it. I'm just like, fuck. I, I don't want to make them sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, obviously, I just... To, to anyone who who's listening, I I I, uh, I wanted just I wanted Norton to watch it. I don't. It's not. It's like it's it's a thing. It's like I don't even care if he likes it. Obviously, I want him to like it. But uh, you know, opinions are so differing. Not every movie's for everyone. And this one, I know, is not for everyone. You're not the only one who has issues. Obviously, it has its following. But yeah, because um, it's like a cult movie at this point, right? I think so. Like I it's know, got like, a fan base it does yeah and two youtuber movie reviewers who you and i follow have covered it being ryan hollinger and chris stuckman and both have obviously liked it uh, both loved it then i watched other people and both have, you know there's people who have issues with it so actually before we get into it i just want to issue a blanket uh, uh spoiler warning just so we can traverse in and out of the plot of spoilers without having to do any warnings so this podcast is going to contain mucho warnings uh and yeah go if uh yeah but uh, spoiler warnings spo spoiler warnings i didn't like it but i recommend it because i think other people would anthony liked it and recommended it if you haven't seen it watch it come back listen to us talk about it please yes Yes. Yeah, so uh, like I said, it's a documentary style movie. And I think that's where the problem for me lies because it is a very slow paced movie. It is, yeah. And I 
it's not that I don't like slow paced movies. Like I enjoy movies that take their time, but I just felt like because of that, even though there were things happening and there were creepy things happening, it didn't have those like shock moments, those intense moments. And yeah, no, it's just, I felt it a little hard to watch in that way. And I think it, a part of it might be me coming into it with the mentality of it being a horror movie. You know, that's what's marketed yeah. as. That's what people refer to it as, is a horror movie, yeah. a psychological horror movie. But it's really more of a drama, like a, a dark drama. Exactly. I think people consider it a horror film because there's creepy or disturbing imagery, but it, it has elements of horror, but it, it's not really a cut and dry horror film. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I like you said, I consider it more of a, of, of a just a very dark drama, you know. Yeah. And I like the fact that they went documentary style because if they had just done it as like a regular movie, then it would have had those thrills that I was expecting, those jumps that I was expecting. And that's not what they were going for, you know? So yeah. I, appreci I appreciate everything it did. I just didn't dig it. Yeah, it was just it was something not for you. Yeah. Also, and this is one of the, this is a major spoiler for the latter end of the movie. There's the revelation that this girl who died, you know, she had a tape of her having sex with two adult, like an adult couple that live next door. Yes. And I, yeah. and I feel like they kind of mention it and then it just, they just glide over it. Despite the fact that the girl dies when she's 16. So she's probably 15 when it happened, if not younger. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I feel like they just went, well, this happened, and then they have a police officer, and she's like, we looked for them, but the leads went cold. Yeah. I just feel I like that's you. like a big, like it's a big reveal for the sake of having the reveal, and then nothing really comes from it. Yeah, I get you. I get you. What I can say to that, and this is just me, I, I don't know, like, for me, it's, I, I feel like... It, if they start kind of uh, leaning into that aspect of, of, of kind of getting an invas investigation with these two people, their whereabouts with the cops, maybe maybe the director uh, felt like it, it would kind of steer the story a little bit off course into like uh, making it less about who she is. I know I'm a huge fan of this film, but I, I forget the daughter's name, something Palmer. Alice. Do you remember? Alice. Okay, yes, sorry. And it's kind of like, even though this was a huge dark secret of Alice, it's kind of like the way I interpret it is that the family are just doing their best to try and preserve who they knew her as, even though this is a huge, this is a huge secret, right? Like you just said, but it's kind of like, I don't know. And again, this is just how I interpret it. It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, like, Yes, this is huge, but I just, I want to do anything to preserve my daughter the way I remember her. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe that's what the uh, the filmmaker was trying, because this filmmaker, this documentary is always, it, they're following the family, right? Uh, yeah. Obviously, we talk to friends and, and relatives, but it's always on the Palmers. And I feel like in service to the Palmers, maybe the director didn't want, to, this is a fictitious story, by the way, it's not real. Um, but yes, in any case, just to service the family, they just kind of said like, okay, we're going to stick with you and we're going to kind of preserve Alice the way you guys want to preserve her, right? Because the mom, for the longest time, has this, like, she's like this weight, like, that's not Alice, she was not dead. So, obviously, in the film, we, we see these photographs 
and uh, of like, you know, different family moments or different settings. And in the photographs, there are little like, you can, there's like uh, a presence in the photograph that could be interpreted as a ghost, right? But then we figure out uh, later on in the in the story that it was actually the brother who manipulated these photos purposely to have a figure in the photo because it would force the mother to have to exhume the body and ID the body to make sure and, yes, and, and face Alice. it, yeah, exactly, yes, yes. So I felt I felt that was really brilliant. That was such a brilliant story note, and I'm happy that it wasn't. Uh, and a lot of I don't know if this was an issue with you, but a lot of people that I saw, like you know, on on YouTube, whatever, their issue was that the the story kind of takes too many twists and turns, and it it doesn't always give the viewer what they want in a sense because it's like oh you know oh shit look at these photos that's creepy and then it's like kind of a deflation like ah you know that they were manipulated okay let's see where this goes and then it's like oh the neighbor and it's like you know but for me like i like that i like that no tragedy is ever cut and dry what makes this story so painful for me is the fact that it's a very simple idea but it's it's like when you really cut into it and it's the fact that you never really know someone 100%, even if it's a family member. And even though we've, you know, there's so many stories that touch on that idea, I feel like Lake Mungo is one of those movies that really kind of uh, takes a, a serious, darker look at it because it's, mm. it, was a, it, was a, it was their daughter. And not only her their daughter, but she was, like you said, like 16 or 15 at the time while engaging in this sexual act and uh and i think that it's it's very haunting and it, and it's kind of like your own personal ghost story like how do i like this person essentially is a ghost because all i know is what i see and and the rest that's that's inside it's like i don't see any of that i don't know it because it's all being kept from me you know so in a way like the viewers are feeling what the family feels because we too are being like uh we have the rug pulled from under us because like oh i thought i know this, knew this story but i don't just like this family thought they knew their daughter but they don't mm -hmm. so I, I love that i love the fact that there's even this shot i remember there was this shot in the film that kind of really like sticks with me and it's the shot of like so, like a room in their house and i think it's probably alice's room and and the the mom kind of sees a little figure and you kind of blow up the image and it's the the neighbor kind of crouched because they're they want to steal the tape back, mm -hmm. and that's so like it's it's something like it's not menacing per se, but it's it's so invasive and terrifying nonetheless. Yeah, it, it, it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, and like like I said, like I don't think it's a bad movie. I think they do all this very well. It just didn't hit for me. And what I find interesting too, because I did a little research about this after for my own curiosity yeah. in the pictures with the fake ghosts there's also her real ghost yeah 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 because yeah. like the sort of idea behind this story is that alice is trying to point them in the direction of the tape because her spirit needs to let them know this missing side of her and i think that's really cool yeah. I like the idea that it's an inversion on what you get from ghost stories. I like that it is essentially the entire the, the entire film is the opposite of paranormal activity. Yes. Which is a dumpster fire of a movie that got so many sequels and it's all terrible. Sorry guys, but, but yeah. <laughs> 
but yeah like 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 this movie is like oh here's a format that you know for being cheap thrills and uh boring scares and nothing interesting happening Mm -hmm. and it's a very interesting story that they do instead it's a very like flat informative story you know because it is in a documentary style and they do make it feel like a documentary oh yeah yeah but it's just i don't know like like i said i i see everything about it and maybe if i watched it again actually knowing what the movie is i could enjoy it more yeah it's possible despite loving this movie i don't know if i can watch it again at least anytime soon what, the last time i saw it, this was back in the summer and it kind of like hit me really hard so i kind of want to stay away from it a bit and maybe revisit it i don't know maybe like in a year or so Mm-hmm. But this this hits me kind of, I guess, close to home in a sense of like, I've dealt with this kind of stuff in my past. I'm not going to get into it, at least not on this, but I do identify with it. And it's weird because this whole film has this like really weird dreary atmosphere. And it's weird because I like every time I have these dreams about uh, the West Island, which is where I grew up, I, I see the same atmosphere which Mm -hmm. it's weird it's like somebody it's like this director went into my head got this image and then applied it to his film that's how alike it is which is why it's it's it hits so hard for me you know and to me i there's a lot of reasons why i feel like the west island is haunted which is why Mm -hmm. i can never see it the same every time i visit it it i need to i i can't wait to leave you know (laughs) and i feel like this entire like where the film takes place, this house, you know, um, it's it's haunted for them. And and that's how you see the film too, you know? And I think you're touching on something important in the discussion of film criticism, media criticism, all that is the person criticizing whether or not they're trying to be impartial can't be. You always bring something of yourself to it. You're connecting to this movie in ways that the filmmakers couldn't have intended because it is something more to you than just what they are putting on screen. Exactly. And I find that quite interesting. Yeah, for sure. And that's I think that's why I love this movie so much, despite, you know, being it a complete subversion of the typical ghost story. But I think it's because it it connects to me in a way like more than I thought because I had no idea I didn't really know what this movie was going to be about I just kind of saw like Ryan Hollinger covered it and I watched his video up until a certain point because he later goes into spoilers so I stopped watched the movie and then I was like oh I understand why this is considered a very 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 sad depressing horror film or well dark drama you know whatever it is (laughs) whatever it is that's my that's my take on it but this this episode is really about i want to hear what you have to say i know maybe you have more hopefully i mean that's part of the problem is like i don't have more to say you know like i just it didn't grasp me in the way that i'd want it to it's not like i was going into this going ah this is going to be a bad movie and i'm going to have a shit time you know i went in open-armed yeah but didn't get what i needed to yeah. That being said, if I do end yeah, up rewatching I it, I will let you know if I feel um, different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, 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 you know, when you, after you've rewatched it. It's funny though, because I knew as soon as I recommended it that I, I had no idea if you were going to like it because it's just that kind of a movie. 
you know mm-hmm. you are it's, it's obviously it's gonna make you feel one way or maybe it won't but yeah it is it's it's super niche and it's it's a bit of a difficult movie just because of like the not the content but the, the subject and and like the places it turns and and the you know the whole take especially the fact that it's a whole like mockumentary style which mm-hmm. maybe a lot of people who are into like these you know horror movies or ghost stories might not even like that format but for me that's what made it like so good was the fact that it was so oh, yeah like personal right um it, it, it had this weird mix where it was a lot of it is done just characters talking about what they're saying and in medium to close-up shots so it is very personal but the way it's cut and everything because it's imitating a documentary it also feels very impersonal you know yeah yeah and i, I think it's you. really in i liked that i like that a lot you know yeah. it wasn't you know like oh here is someone being sad and we're just gonna hang on them which no, is yeah. which can be very good movies but i liked them not doing that you know not doing yeah. stuff like that it really created even more of just like we're not even getting everything from them it's true yeah just uh i did want to know what your thoughts were because this is something i'm still kind of chewing on to this day it was there's a segment in the film where two segments if you will where alice sees uh i believe it's a medium or clairvoyant and then later on in the film the mother sees that same clairvoyant and Mm -hmm. we see because we always ever get like alice's uh visit with him like it's like kind of broken up whereas i think the mother's is a little more uh, it's uh we see it i think in full but we we kind of hear the mother's story and then when we finally see alice's full visit it's kind of like they're seeing the same they 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 both have this dream or vision and they're both seeing the same thing at different mm-hmm. angles and it's it's weird because i'm not sure how it really cuts into the story but i loved it nonetheless is that weird yeah no i get i, I get what you're saying yeah like, you know, it, it's I, it's I think it's this emotional connection that you get from that, and I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, because they do say, "Oh, the the, the mother and her, they had a distance between them," and yes. you see their connection, the the deepness of their actual relationship through that. You know, yeah. they were more than what they even thought they were, because the mother not being willing to let Alice's death go is what allows them to find the tape and understand this true dark secret that Alice had. That's what they're going for, I think, is just their emotional bond. Also, the more we're talking about it, the more I'm enjoying thinking about the movie. So yeah. maybe I did like it. <laughs> but that's but here's the thing. Even if it wasn't for you, I'm at least enjoying the fact that you like talking about it and thinking about it. You know, like I feel like if mm-hmm. if a film can at least do that, if if or not just a film, like if anything can at least do that, it's already kind of succeeded. No? Yeah, and that's essentially what this podcast is about: is us going. We're always recommending stuff to each other because we want to hear each other's thoughts about it let's make something where we have no excuse not to do it exactly yeah 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 which is funny because there's so many things that you uh recommend to me and vice versa and we kind of put it off we put it off but this Mm -hmm. 
not only does this make us have to watch the thing, like God forbid you we recommend something to, to each other that we end up like loving, you know, yeah. and and we could chalk it up next to our favorite film, TV series, whatever, you know. Put it right up there next to the place beyond the pines. That's right, I brought it up again. Every episode. <laughs> I'll find a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but actually, okay, hold on. Because, yes, we're going to talk about Place Beyond the Pines again. Who gives a shit? It's our podcast. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> but I remember you stating that as your number one for 2013, 14, 13, I think. It was your number one of that year because you said, I remember word for word, that film did something to me. Oh, absolutely it did. Right? Okay. Okay, because now we're talking about Lake Mungo, which is a film I feel really did something to me. And this episode's about Lake Mungo, but who gives a shit? I want to know what Place Beyond the Pines did to you. I can't quite describe it. I think that's part of the power of good art, is when you look at it and you go, this is different, and I am different for having seen it. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. And, I mean, that despite the fact that that film's all kinds of just brilliant um i feel like it it obviously did something to me but when i watched lake mungo i feel like what you felt for pines it's kind of like what i'm feeling for this movie you know i i can't i even though i did kind of put into words why it connects with me there's also a huge section that i can't really verbalize of why Mm -hmm. You know, like, well, I can't, I can't really tell you why, because it just, it did something and it's, it's, so, it's so moving, but unlike Pines, I don't know if I could frequent this movie, you know, it, I can't. So you shouldn't know. frequent movies, you know, just in general, like the idea that some people just watch the same thing over and over again, always consuming the same media as a comfort. And I get the idea of having comfort shows, comfort movies, comfort, whatever, yeah, it's it's great, but like people who just keep rewatching the same thing over and over again, you're not stimulating yourself. No, you're not. Yeah, because you're not really yeah. challenging yourself or opening yourself up to something new. Yeah, and with this movie and how it has gotten to you, you want to get stimulated in a way when you watch it. You don't want to just sit in this dreary film and go, ah the same old you want to watch it and go ah i'm feeling stuff stuff i'm feeling complex emotions like i did when i first watched it you know exactly because yeah if you revisit it all the time then it's gonna uh it's gonna be kind of like old and and oversaturated you know exactly i don't think i've watched place beyond the pines in like two years i was actually just gonna ask you a woman yeah okay so it was how many times have you seen that movie if you can remember a dozen Okay, okay. But still, yeah. like, a yeah. dozen since the first time we seen it is not even as many times as I thought you've seen it. You realize no. that? No. Yeah. And two of the times I, I, yeah. I watched it, I watched the director's commentary, so I wasn't really watching it. Oh, yeah, okay. I always love watching with commentary, by the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, uh, it, it, it's... I think the it's, last movie yeah. I watched with commentary was Green Room. Mm, mm. Nice. Yeah, yeah. 
it was, uh, it was really uh, interesting. Something I wanted to say on the topic of, you know, movies that affect you in certain ways. Have you shown your partner this movie? Did you watch it together originally? Have you gone there to watch it since? Yeah, um, I, the first time uh, I watched it was with my fiance and her sister. Mm -hmm. We watched it all, all together. I do know that this affect, I'm not sure about her sister, but I do know that this affected her a lot, um, obviously in different ways. And so much so that I know that for, for different reasons, um, this kind of hit close to home for her as well. And it kind of brought out a lot of emotions that, you know, I think the two of us were kind of suppressing uh, and keeping in. Um, and it was kind of hard for her because I, I know that she, as much as I like discussing it, it was kind of not the same for her just because of what it makes her feel. Mm -hmm. And um, and I, I completely respect that and understand that because I, I do think that maybe this movie for us brought, brought stuff that things that we were kind of keeping bottled in kind of helped surface those things, which is maybe why I kind of hesitate talking about it. But... I do know that she and I, there, there's, there's something that she and I both, something that we both, you know, we both know that we do, we both know about that this brings to the surface and which is why we don't really prefer talking about it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this kind of, it's weird because we saw this on a Friday night and this kind of affected our whole weekend, it, it, which is weird to say, but it did. It really did. And it's not so much the movie but just what it did and the things that it kind of brought to light it's kind of like ah, geez you know and it, it's funny because we'd always go back to like after having this really maybe intense emotional discussion and then we'd always kind of end it off with ah, fucking like mungo you know <laughs> because i the joke the joke was kind of like uh like mungo made us think about this thing that we had issues kind of confronting and dealing with and I, com I commend the movie for that, but obviously that's, it's not going to be that way for everyone when they watch it. Or, or, you know, obviously it'll hit some people maybe that same way, but it's, it's going to have a different effect on everyone. And that's how it affected us, you know. And that's why her, when I asked her, would you ever see this again? She said a solid no, <laughs> you know, and, and she did enjoy it. She did like it, but it's one of those films that I don't, I don't think she'll ever want to see again. Uh, and again, I completely understand that. It's not an easy, it's not an easy movie, you know? Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to wrap up soon. Uh, but yeah, sorry, no, before we do, uh, any last thoughts? If you have any, if not, I know that you have a recommendation. And uh, if you want to go right into that. Yeah, I'm uh, going to go straight into that. Do it, man. Yeah. So my recommendation doesn't come as a movie that I think goes well with it. Hmm. Well, it could in a lot of ways, but it's just more, I went into Lake Mungo with certain expectations and got a very different movie. Yeah. So I'm recommending another movie that that happened with. Oh, I want to hear it. Well, you've seen it. It comes at night. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Okay. It's yeah. One of those movies that's very different in its marketing oh, to man, what yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I. <laughs> it's so funny you brought this movie up because what I... Like I feel it did it did really great things, but I don't necessarily prefer the film. Mm -hmm. It's funny because what you feel for like Mungo, you think the the craft behind it is is 
is great, but the film itself maybe just didn't connect for you. I feel that way for It Comes a Night. The craft behind it, the performances were great. Just as a as a story, I just, I don't know, I didn't connect with it. No, but, I, I uh, find it interesting that that's what I came up with then, because I was just like, ah, this, yeah. I've got yeah. nothing else to recommend, so I'll just but, go with this. And but it's it it works. I I really do think it works as a recommendation because for the reason that you said, you went into it with one thing, and came out with something else. And I feel like it's actually it's a really great recommendation for this film, because like Mungo is exactly that, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's really great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this episode's a little short right now. Yeah. So I was wondering if you wanted to do a weird thing I have here. I absolutely want to do a weird thing you have there. Okay. Because I, I have I prepare this in case we run short on episodes, yeah. and on like episode time. And I think with all the cutting out of crap, I have to do in this one. This will be a yeah. perfect episode for it. Sick. Let's do it. Okay. I have here. I went on Letterboxd. And I got very bad reviews of movies you love. Oh no. Okay. And I'm going to, I've seen other people online do this. I'm going to read you the excerpt I took. It's not the whole review. It doesn't mention the movie in the review. And you have to guess what movie you love this person is shitting on. Oh no. That, okay. Yeah. <laughs> let's, oh, this is going to make me so sad. Okay. Let's go. Okay. First one, it is a half-star review. Oh, God. Great start. Okay. All right. So here it is. Initially, I wanted so much more from this movie, but then as it went on, it went in the worst, stupidest possible direction possible. So then I was like, nah, I just want this to end. And if you need a hint, it came out last year. Last year? Yep. Last year. Was it on my top 10? Yes. Okay. Okay, so this... I want to say relic. I'm sorry. What was that? I was gonna relic. No. Was it the lodge? No, it's swallow. Ah. Uh, and you almost said it too. Uh, I heard you when you said relic, and I was like, ah. <laughs> God damn it. Ah. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I I wholeheartedly <laughs> disagree with that person, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is this this game is just me watching you get upset. <laughs> ah, anyway. Are you ready for round two? No, yes. Alright. This is a few years older. It's not from last year. Another okay. half-star review. Another, again, these are all movies you love. The quote is: Don't you guys realize what a complete mess this movie is? Can I have the year? I don't have that written down you do oh oh geez uh, midsummer almost it's hereditary ah oh, what what the are you kidding me oh okay yeah sure. this is my favorite thing ah <laughs> uh, it's cool you know it's cool that they're wrong uh so yeah <laughs> you ready for another one Mm, yeah. All right. Uh, half star review. I think you're going to guess this one. Okay. Boring as fuck. How is a car movie so boring? Is this Drive? 
Yes, it is. <laughs> Guys, the look on his face is just, it's like, it's like he's trying to figure out how they're so wrong. <laughs> oh my God. It's so funny because this was both of our number one for, this was both our number ones, not only for that year, but for like 2010s. Drive is my favorite movie. Ever? Yeah. It's that and Star Wars. Wow. I mean, I completely understand. Drive is... Anyway, yeah. That person <laughs> is... That person is incredibly wrong. <laughs> All right, I got a couple more. Like, if there's if there's an absolute wrong, <laughs> that person is that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this this excerpt is a uh, is a little bit longer. Another half star review of again a movie you love. <laughs> I could not follow this movie. I did not understand what was happening. I didn't know who the characters were, what they were doing, what they wanted, or what the point of anything was. This film lacked basic audience awareness. It did not communicate its message effectively or at all. The writer and directors display no originality or talent, rather mimicking other filmmaking styles. All right, what year is that? I didn't write down any of the years. <laughs> oh, no, okay. Oh, God. I'll do that next time. No, no, it's okay. Uh, no, no, okay, Tease. Uh, I, I don't, sorry, I, I don't know. That was Blue Ruin. <laughs> he's not even looking at me anymore, guys. He's just he's just looking away. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh I feel like I'm just going to be that guy who goes on Letterboxd anonymously and just fucking ruins everyone's day. <laughs> you were wrong. Next. You were wrong. Next. You were wrong. Anyway. This next one's a little better. It is a one-star review. Oh, at least this one gets a whole star. <laughs> okay. Thought this would be good because of the high Rotten tomato score, but no, it was shit. So many plot holes, stupid story, what a waste of time. Yeah. Uh, is, is is this uh No, it is Blue Ruin again. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta say, you pulled a doozy on me. <laughs> I never said they were each a different movie. <laughs> Fool me once, Greg. Fool me once. <laughs> All right, I've got two more. Can you handle two more? Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, this hurts. All right. Back to half-star reviews. I know I'm in the minority here, but this movie just felt like a wank fest from the director. I found it gross and boring. No thank you to this director ever again. Oh, is this green room? No, it's drive. 
Okay. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. And I know that you are with me in this. That even though a lot of people, like Refn might not have a lot of fans, I know that you and I are probably one of two of the only people in a small pool of people who are always excited for the next project he does. Yeah. No, for sure. But yeah, it's just... I don't know if this is like quote unquote good radio, if this is entertaining for people listening, but this game and just the faces you're making, which they can't see, are just filling me with so much joy. Is it okay? You know what? It's weird because I want to do the. I okay. Now that we've done, (laughs) we've assaulted my heart. I wanted. I want to. I want to. I would love to do the same thing to you for for another scenario if an episode is too short. Oh yeah, get get them ready, and whenever yeah. we're running short, we'll do it. But I have yeah, one yeah. more for you. I have one more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, okay, no. All right, all right. Half star. Okay. The, this review says flat characters, dull story, bored, uninterested filmmaking. If the director doesn't care about what's happening on screen, why should I? Don't tell me this is drive again. No. Okay. But it might hurt you just as much. Of course it will. What is this? I just let's just rip off a band-aid. This is the place beyond the pines. Are you fucking serious? Yeah, yeah. The whoever wrote this review thought that it had flat characters, a dull story, and bored, uninterested filmmaking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, to that person <laughs> I say, go back to your fucking fast and furious movies. Wow. <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah anyway i'm salty <laughs> you really are like yeah. like i'm not one to shit on other people's you know uh taste in movies you know i don't want to yuck someone else's yum yeah but like these like not liking a movie is one thing but i just found that some of these were so rough yeah like people and you know it's it's the internet you got to be you got to be over the top when you're doing things but like this is like some of these were rough yeah yeah i and i know i that's why i hate like there's a like there's there are reviewers who i really dislike because i feel like sometimes they speak for everyone like oh this is awful don't watch it and it's like yo i I love that movie. Like you can't, mm-hmm. you can't say that. You can't, you know. Yeah, and especially like this is Letterbox. These aren't professional reviewers. These are just people on the internet. And yeah. you know, everyone's opinion is valid unless you don't like the place beyond the pines, or Drive, or Blue Ruin, or Swallow, or Hereditary. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you are so mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, uh, like, like guys, I've been friends with Anthony for a long time. Rarely have I seen like this look on his face that he was getting during some of this, like just the blank stare. He was so upset. <laughs> uh, I couldn't have yeah. asked for this to go better. <laughs> you sadist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm God glad we it. did it on the episode with all the heavy content up front. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, let's talk about some serious stuff. Let's talk about some serious stuff. Let's talk about a movie that affected you deeply. Let's break you comedically for my enjoyment. 
<laughs> you asshole. <laughs> no, but this uh, all all of that aside, this is this this is such a great way to like like this is such a like a great thing to to add into any episode that like should there be empty space. Like this is such a great game to play. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I hope you set up some for me. I'm gonna set up more for you. Well, like I just I could do this all day. Ah. <laughs> uh. And I, I feel like because obviously we're gonna continue talking after this, but I feel like this this will continue uh, uh, post uh, podcast episode. <laughs> I I feel like tomorrow you're just gonna send me a text when you wake up and be like, "How the fuck can <laughs> they say that about Blue Ruin? Blue Black. Ruin is a yeah <laughs> flat fucking characters in pines." <laughs> they are complex human beings that we are watching on screen. <laughs> How dare they! <laughs> you know what, Nord? I said I wouldn't cry, but you know what? I'm tearing up a little. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, but okay, before we go, mm -hmm. what's our topic for next episode? Oh, yes. We forgot to do this yeah. last time. Yeah. Uh, so you wanted me to watch Lake Mungo. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to get you to watch one of the movies I loved from last year. Yeah. That I think is something that is definitely what two straight white dudes should be talking about. Promising Young Woman. Super on my to-do list, by the way, me and my fiance. Seriously, seriously want to watch this movie. So yes. Uh, no problem. I cannot wait to dive into that. Great, uh, yeah. great cast. I love Carrie Mulligan. I love Bill oh, Burnham. Yeah. So uh, and there's a bunch of other people. Yeah, definitely. I cannot wait to watch this and discuss it. Excellent. And yes. uh, I, I, I want you to also like let me know what what Melina thinks about it because as a woman, this is a movie that should speak to her and i hope does and i it's we're not going to get into it but it's it's a very good it's a very important movie and, and you know what's you know what's really funny i've already watched the recommendation i'm going to tie with this film we'll see about that we will you'll <laughs> have to look forward to that uh, in the next episode i think that about wraps it up but i want to say thank you guys for listening yeah thanks so much for listening uh yeah. if you liked the episode listen to the other one listen to the next one think on podcast services uh you can subscribe so you can subscribe so you always know when we put out new episodes on tuesdays yeah uh we're on apple we're on stitcher we're on spotify we're all circle? over the place red circle is where i upload them to and then oh, okay just like here put it in the oh. other places because oh, okay, I'm, okay. I'm too lazy to upload to every single place that's fine that's all good yeah yeah okay so nice. yeah so yeah check us out on any of those places you can follow us pop culture to do on twitter you can follow me on twitter instagram and youtube where i make shitty videos i love them you don't have to but it'd be cool if you did i'm the greg norton all one word everywhere anthony is a graphic designer you can find his stuff on uh, instagram uh anthony with teeth yeah i did that better than the intro i wrote down for last week it's all good, man. We're still, <laughs> we're, we're still, uh, we're still uh, flexing these muscles. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Any, anyways, 
hope you guys enjoyed this episode yeah uh, always good talking to you man always great talking to you my good buddy yeah so yeah until next time uh don't eat bugs keep it squeezy <laughs> <laughs>